Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 ed tech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, we scan the education space to find some new data and anecdotes about how schools are adjusting and innovating now that we hopefully have COVID-19 behind us. Let's get started. First, it turns out educators are noticeably more comfortable giving students autonomy over their learning. And this is just one of the long-term impacts the pandemic has had on K-12 education. That's according to insights from the nonprofit Project Tomorrow. In its annual congressional briefing, the nonprofit presented this year's Speak Up Research Project findings. This year's results indicate patterns across digital learning for students and teachers, coinciding with the effects that the pandemic had on learning. The project is a national research initiative and a free service to schools and districts. Since the fall of 2003, Speak Up has helped education leaders include the voices of their stakeholders in annual and long-term planning. Each spring, Project Tomorrow creates national reports on the aggregated U.S. data. The analysis and the results reporting is done 100% in-house by Project Tomorrow staff. The reports are released in a series of briefings in D.C., and through numerous conference presentations, webinars, and meetings with federal agencies, state education agencies, associations, organizations, research groups, think tanks, anybody you can think of who would be interested in this sort of information. This, just this past year, the CEO, uh, Julie Evans, presented data findings in over 50 conference presentations. Besides the, uh, the major trends that was discovered about how teachers feel more comfortable giving students more autonomy in the use of technology and, and following their own learning paths, a couple other trends appeared. Number one, principals are concerned with maintaining staff morale, with more than half reporting it as a top concern among many issues still facing districts after the pandemic. And we see that in all the stories that we've been covering in terms of teacher attrition and actual mental health awareness in both students and teachers. The other big trend is students themselves being more comfortable utilizing school technology to learn and complete assignments. Almost every single category of digital usage in the classroom went up in comfort levels among students. Again, not too surprising, considered it was all forced into their hands and sent home, and now that they're coming back into classrooms, they want to keep it. As you learn it and you become more comfortable, you find that these are tools, something that we've been talking about at eSchool News for years, but now the preaching has become practice. Go up to the top news stories at eSchoolNews.com to find more information about the survey and download the entire report. Next, Dr. Jana Hunziker. She's a professor at the Department of Education, Counseling, and Leadership at Bradley University, penned an essay entitled, In Post-COVID Schools, Let's Redouble Efforts to Support Students. Here's an excerpt. She writes, we have ample evidence that remote learning during COVID increased hardships for kindergarten through 12 students, both academically and non-academically. Some students lack necessary resources. In one study, even after all students were provided with a laptop computer, internet access, and headphones, low-income students' school attendance engagement were still consistently less frequent than their higher-income peers. Food insecurity also increased during COVID, partly due to the hiatus of school breakfast, lunch, and take-home snack pack programs. And worst of all, children at home during COVID were twice as likely to experience physical abuse 
and three times likely to experience emotional abuse during the pandemic than in prior years. She goes on to use the Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid that represents human motivation from a student's most basic need, which is at the base of the pyramid, to the greatest potential of the period's peak to offer a useful framework for educators to kind of put together where their priorities should be in terms of that support for students. Here are the top two, psychological needs. First and foremost, she writes, post-COVID schools must work harder than ever to ensure that all students have the resources and support they need. Community resources, private donations, and grants can be sought to supplement school funding for things like laptops, software, and, and hotspots. Non-perishable food drives, fresh produce markets, and the availability of personal hygiene products for students who need them can be organized by parent clubs or community groups. Social and public health services, such as counseling, parent education, dental exams, and flu shots can be provided on site as well. Next, safety, protection, and security. Ensuring students' physical and emotional safety runs a close second. Post-COVID schools must do all they can to protect students from harm and hostility, both in person and in cyberspace. School security systems, school resource officers, background checks, and other safety measures must take a high priority. School facilities must be free of toxins and hazards. Student behavior policies must hold students to high standards. And school staff members and volunteers should receive annual training as mandated. Now, I think we all know that these things are important, but the good thing about this piece is it really kind of brings it in as an executive summary and makes for a good reminder for not only educators, but also administrators, as well as parents. Give it a read. And finally, I had the pleasure to speak with winner Kim LeBlanc. She's the chief technology officer at Calcasieu Parish School Board in Louisiana, and Stefan Sweet, and he's the director of communications for Bloom, which nominated Kim and her team for this year's eSchool News Hero Awards, which was sponsored by JAR Systems and SAP Concur. The awards are dedicated to recognizing the innovative contributions of K-12 education professionals. Winners were chosen for their commitment to education during and in the wake of COVID-19 pandemic, their creativity and innovation in helping all students continue learning while ensuring that students felt safe, empowered, and engaged. So Calcasieu Power School Board Technology Officer Kim LeBlanc has developed a system for providing the type of technology in classrooms that one would only expect at an affluent school. Under Kim's leadership, the parish conducted a thorough needs assessment before purchasing more than $4.1 million in tech and technology professional development with federal funds under Title I and Title IV to implement the technology within their existing curriculum. The investment included 400 3D printers and the professional development necessary to advance STEAM education, most of which came at no cost to the district. It is also developing a STEM bus with fun technological gadgets to enhance student learning. Here's some highlights from the conversation. Well, there's the secret sauce, right? So <laughs> Kim, uh, can, can you let us in on some of your secrets? Sure. And basically, you know, we have a strong connection with our title department. Anytime they have extra funding or anything they can think of that they want to spend money on, they always run it by our staff. And we talk about what we think would be the best way to use that money. 
And so I had a call from the Title I director and I said, give me a minute. I want to talk to a couple of people because I had in mind what I really wanted to do. And uh, we kind of decided we've got robots. We've got all kind of coding, you know, all kind of coding. We do Minecraft because we're, a, you know, we're a Microsoft district. But we had very few MakerBot printers or 3D printers. You know, there's some other brands out there that were in the classrooms. And you're just not seeing the impact that you would if you put it in the hands of the teacher that stay with those students day in and day out. So our staff talked about, you know, what can we do? And we had, you know, we let teachers check out from the tech center. You know, so they were checking out our 3D printers. But if you don't have it day to day, you can't personalize your instruction. You can't individualize it. So when I heard the amount of money that title was going to hand over to me, you know, we jumped on it. We thought the MakerBot addition to all of our STEM projects in this whole district would bring to it basically a different dimension. You know, it, it's different than just doing coding or doing robots in the classroom. It allows these kids to um, be creative, you know, communicate, work with a team. It drives critical thinking skills. So we jumped on this and our Title I director was more than happy to support the project. So. We, we went ahead and we purchased 400 of the um, sketch printers, which, you know, 200 sets of them. And we wanted it to have equitable access. So we opened it up K through 12. Anybody who wanted to could apply. And um, they signed a contract because we had different phases of what they go through. Because in this district, we have never handed out technology without professional development. And we always think that that's the key of our success. It's the professional development because you could send a 3D printer to a classroom and they would have no idea what to do with it, you know? And my staff works very hard on writing lesson plans and working with teachers, you know, to figure out, okay, how will this fit in your curriculum? And if it's not a good match, well, they just use something else or they don't use technology at all. You have to just decide when it's going to make its biggest impact. And so with the 3D printer, I mean, just thinking about the design process, you know, teachers working on design process with the kids, going through that whole model. I mean, that was the thing that, you know, we wanted to push in our district. We wanted something a little bit different to push these kids. And we wanted it in the hands of the teachers working straight with the kids. You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go under the tab Hero Awards to hear this full story, which I highly encourage. Kim is a delightful person to talk to with a real passion for what she does, and I think it's, it would be infectious. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the EdTech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.